Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. God bless you and get woke. Welcome to another episode of MIP. Make it plain. Don't forget MIP is COVID free. Free to all subscribers for a limited time. Don't forget to tell a friend. Poor People's Campaign is right around the corner. We talked, Reverend Barbara and I talked and figured it'd be a good idea to air some of these stories ahead of June 20th, 2020. Go to june2020.org. Air some of these personal stories, poor people's personal stories. And some of these stories may ultimately be on your street, but we thought it'd be important to hear them leading up to the big day, June 20th. Antoine here, we'll hear from, fast food worker in Birmingham, Alabama. The city raised wages for low-income workers, and then the Alabama state legislature made it illegal for them to do so. These are some of the things that people are facing. Here's Antoine in Birmingham. My name is Antoine I'm 23 years old and I live in Birmingham, Alabama. I work at KLC and I make $7.25 an hour, which comes out to a little more than $10,000 a year. I've also worked at Walmart and have never made more than $15 in my years of working. I want to tell you my story. 
because there are thousands of us in Birmingham and across Alabama that are working hard but can hardly make ends meet. We need you to stand with us. I work hard, way too hard for 725. What's up? These wages have kept me from going forward, kept me stuck, always making a choice every week about what I'm going to take care of and what I can't. The cost of living has constantly been going up, but my wages haven't. I rely on a car for transportation, but I'm always worried if it's going to break down or I won't even have enough gas to get to work. Am I going to get to the, am I going to get this broken part fixed? And then just pray for my gas, make sure it lasts. I don't have, I don't have benefits and must pay for medical treatment out of pocket. I have chronic asthma and regular need to go to the hospital for breathing treatments. I can't afford these and other basic living expenses without government assistance. Until last month, I was on food stamp and I'm still on section eight. It's not fair that I work and have to depend on public assistance for basic needs. These fast food companies make billions, but you wouldn't know it by seeing how my coworkers and I live. It's a sin that we make so much money for them, but hardly see the fruits of our labor. When I heard about the Fight for 15, I knew I wanted to be a part of it. I protested, I went to rallies, I raised my voice and brought other people and friends to the movement. I knew if we, if we reunited and got together, we could win. People told me I was crazy, that it couldn't happen, but I fought anyway. We got a lot of folks' attention by taking action, by protesting, by standing together. When I heard we wanted an increase in the minimum wage, I was happy. I hoped I could start to afford the basics for regular food and things I need for the house. Higher wages would have helped me out a lot. I could have gone to school, taking computer technician courses that I never would have been able to afford on 725. But now that the state stole my raise, it took my raise away. So I probably won't be able to. Hearing that the legislature that took Birmingham's minimum wage increase with the predominantly black population and that all the folks that voted against our race were white legislators. I hate that race is a part of the issue. That it sounds like we might have been denied our rights because of the color of our skin. I hate to think that people would be motivate, motivated by that to take our race away. That the race is a part of the issue. We, we work way too hard to be denied. We have to keep pushing. Until we win our raises, we need you. People of faith and conscience, black, white, everyone, to join us in this moral movement to win our raises and bring victory for poor and working people. We will continue to apply pressure. We won't give up. We are unit. Thank you for listening to my story. Yes, sir.
That was uh, An Antoine there telling his story in terms of uh, what happened to him as a fast food worker in Birmingham. Poor People's Campaign personal stories as we lead up to the Mass Poor People's Assembly and Moral March on Washington. It'll be virtual, so every one of you, all of us can participate, June2020.org. It's Thursday. That means it's time for Thursday Coast here on MIP. Normally on Thursdays, we would talk with Marcos Melissus, the founder of the largest online progressive communities, uh, dailycoast.com. But you all have heard us talk about Civics with a Q. And as you know, Marcos pretty much introduced Civics with a Q. Uh, to the broadcast world on this very broadcast when it first came into being. Uh, Civics with a Q is a, a very exciting initiative and pro project, ongoing polling. Um, and, you know, look, if you want to, uh, you can be a part of their sample group as well. Um, and it's really a great experience. But we've always talked to Marcos about Civics with a Q, but we've never talked with a director of Civics with a Q. And so we're happy to have him here with us this week for Thursday Coast for the first time, Drew Linzer. Drew is a statistician, political scientist, and pollster, and again, I say the director at Civics with a Q. Drew, how are you, buddy? Doing very well. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. Glad to have you here with us, man. First of all, uh, are you and your loved ones uh, healthy and safe in all of this pandemic and police-demic? Thanks for asking. Yes, so far, so good. We are based out in uh, in the Bay Area, and we've been sheltering in place with, uh, with with the two kids who have not been able to go to school, but mm. doing well and healthy. And yeah. uh, hope the same for you. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. How old are the kids, man? They are uh, nine and thirteen. Okay, so praying for you. Thank right. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a, an eight, a, a one that just turned 18 over the weekend. So he's a little older. He's cool. If, I think if, if he were still your kid's age, I'd, I'd be in trouble. But that's, that's <laughs> well, like the, the technology is amazing. And, and they're still going to school. And, uh, and I think they're even learning things. So that's, that's good. We're doing our best. So uh, uh, either one of them going to be like you? You are uh, a numbers guy, statistician. Are you a nerd, Drew? <laughs> I, I, I guess so. I went to school for longer than I needed to. I, so uh, if that's what does it, then uh, I guess the answer is yes. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, well, you know, hey, man, if I'd known it would be like it is, you know, nerd is a new sexy, Drew. If I'd known that, I could have been one. I was really bright in math and science in high school. But it wasn't cool to be that bright in it. And you didn't get a lot of, you know, attention if you were a nerd, so I stopped. If I had to do it over again, man, I'd be, you know, a, a superstar. <laughs> Marcos, when Marcos and I first met, you were talking about him. Uh, he, he liked to say that what I did was wizardry. Yeah. Because uh, that's what it seemed like to him. I said, I didn't go to, I didn't go to school all those years for wizardry. I, I went to learn how to do research. Right, 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 right. 
No, if I had done yeah. what you did, I'd give, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson is a sex symbol. Now I'd give him a run. <laughs> but it's, 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 uh, so just keep that in mind, man. You can work that if you want to. Um, so Drew, listen, man, again, civics doing great, great work folks. And, uh, I, I like numbers. Actually, we all do too, especially in a political season. Of course, we all like to talk about the numbers and their impact. Um, favorability. Um, you all looked at favorability. You put several names and variables in the pot. Mm -hmm. Obama, Trump, um, Warren, Biden, Pelosi, et cetera, et cetera. Schumer, even GOP, Tea Party, McConnell. That's right. Um, and what is coming out on top in terms of that number, if I'm seeing this correctly, is Black Lives Matter. Correct? That's right. It's really remarkable. It's, uh, Maybe I can just say a little bit about what we do here and how Please. we came up with that. Please. So we, uh, we're a polling firm. Uh, you can see all the results from the surveys that we conduct at, on our website, which is civics.com, civics with a Q. Like you said, it's a internet firm, so we have to spell it funny. <laughs> uh, but we track uh, Americans' approval ratings and support for a really wide range of politicians and political organizations. And one of them that we have tracked and, and polled on for over three years is the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, so going back to 2017, we've been collecting Americans' opinions towards the Black Lives Matter movement, Black Lives Matter movement. And right now, in the United States, the Black Lives Matter movement is the most favor favorably viewed political organization or politician among any national organization. More favorably, favor, I'm sorry, I'm tripping on the word. They are more favorably viewed than, uh, than Donald Trump, than either of the political party, national political parties, uh, you name it. Um, there's just been an, an incredible upswing in support for the movement over the past few weeks. And it continues a long-term trend of increasing support for the movement. So, I mean, I don't think anybody would be surprised more popular than Donald Trump, but here's something else, that's <laughs> right? I might be more popular than Donald Trump, but um, even for those who don't even know me, it is more popular, Black Lives Matter is more popular than even the name Barack Obama. That's right, for a long time, Obama was the leader in our polling, uh, but within the last week or so, he has been overtaken by Black Lives Matter. Okay. 53% of Americans, a majority of Americans uh, support Black Lives Matter. And in today's climate, 53% is a big number. That is. That is. And then we look at some of the other numbers. So it goes oh, Black Lives Matter, 53%, Obama, 52%. Trump, and it goes down 10 points, Trump 42, Warren, and it shows you all that this is a, a fair and objective poll, because it doesn't go Black Lives Matter, then Obama, then Michelle and Biden. No, it goes Black Lives Matter, Obama, then Trump at 42, That's right. Warren at 41, Biden at 40, Biden and Pelosi tied at 40, Sanders at 39, Democrats at 39, Schumer at 36, GOP at 33, Tea Party at 26, and McConnell at 25. So that's, that's very, very uh, uh, interesting, um, the drop-off. So, so talk to us, too, because I, I kind of alluded to it, but it, I, it'd be good to hear from you. 
the the sample size in terms of what civics does you guys have a pretty big sample we do we conduct surveys every single day and so if you do that for three years you end up talking with a lot of different people right. and in this case uh, we have surveyed over a hundred thousand people in the united states and that's democrats republicans and independents uh, since 2017 mm -hmm. and you don't get to a level of support like this without a pretty broad base of support across those different groups. Mm -hmm. So it's not as if it's simply Democrats expressing support for Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also increasingly independent. And in fact, a majority of people who describe themselves as political independents support Black Lives Matter. And remarkably, I think, Fifth, nearly 15% of Republicans right now are even saying that they support Black Lives Matter. And that uh, just a few months ago was, was as low as four or 5%. Wow, wow. Um, and, and again, you're polling people across the political spectrum. Like, like how, many, how many people, it, the civics poll nowadays, I know we see some of the standard numbers on television, mm -hmm. the news media does, you know, there's always like this this magic number somehow of of, of sixteen hundred, but you all poll much more than that, don't you? We do, um, and the reason that you see that magic number is because, uh, like all polls, we only talk to a sample of Americans. You can't talk to everybody, um, and the more people that we hear from, the more accurate the results are, and the less error that can possibly seep in just through the random nature of selecting people to be interviewed. Um, but yeah, once you hit around 1,000, it starts to be more reliable. 1,500, 1,600, like you said, you're in pretty good shape. And if you can do that every day, uh, maybe not 1,600 every day, but over a few days, if you can do that, what's, um, what's interesting to see is how opinions change over time. Right. Um, and on some issues, opinions are very stable. On other issues, you see these changes. And with Black Lives Matter, since we're on this really important topic, it's not as if the events of the last few weeks are completely explaining why Americans now support Black Lives Matter. This has been a long-term trend, a long-term gradual increase in support that was accelerated over the past week or two um, mm -hmm. based on what has been happening in this country. Yeah, I can go back and look at the chart. And again, folks, some of the, uh, uh, the, the, the numbers at Civics are available for you to see. You are welcome to go to civicswithaq.com. So I want to just kind of chronicle this a bit. Um, they've the, the do you support or oppose the Black Lives Matter movement? A question that was put out there in April on April 25th of 2017 by civicswithaq.com up to today. So 106,247 responses in during the time of Charlottesville, um, 41% supported the Black Lives Matter movement. 37, um, uh, no, I'm sorry, I take that back. 
41% opposed the Black Lives Matter movement during Charlottesville. 30, only 37% supported. Fast forward to the Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor killings. Uh, and it shows you how things change over time. 42% support, 31% oppose. That was Ahmaud Arbery, the number unchanged when we heard the news of Breonna Taylor. Then the CDC COVID-19 data by race, when that was made available, 42% uh, pretty much unchanged. The opposition, uh, pretty much unchanged, 42 to 31. Uh, but then at the time of George uh, Floyd's uh, death, the support went up to 45%, 28% in opposition. Uh, and to date, um, as of June 9th, 53% support. The other thing that's important to, to, to note here, Drew, is that there's pretty much significant support in every category, age category. Yes. Um, it, it only gets to 47% in 50 to 64 and 44% in 65 plus. In non-college graduates, 53%. College graduates, 51%. Postgraduates, 58%. Let me pause there for a minute. Mm -hmm. Trump usually does well with non-college graduates. Yes. But 53, according to your poll, 53% of non-college uh, uh, graduates uh, uh, support Black Lives Matter. That's kind of interesting to me. It is, and not only that, but if we narrow the data by only white non-college graduates, there is still uh, more people who support than oppose Black mm. Lives Matter by over 10 percentage points. Wow, wow. Okay, okay. 58% um, of postgraduates, that's what education does for you folks. That's why we fight for uh, equality and diversity in education. Okay, y'all see that? Postgraduates, 58%, even more than college graduates. Gender, 45% male, 60% um, female. Not really a surprise there. Uh, I'm a man, you're a man, we tend to be stupid. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, Sometimes, yeah. So, um, Democrats, no surprise, eighty-seven percent. Independents, fifty-two percent. That's important. Uh, people without, even not in either party, but you in amongst Republicans, fourteen percent support. Let me see. Now, I'm curious. Does this? Okay, it's not. It's not going to show me what how Republican support has changed over the year or so. But are you, can you give us a glimpse of that? Has the Republican number gone up? Was it less than 14% before um, George Floyd? I think you're on the website, aren't you? Right I am, but it's not, but it won't show me. Oh, go ahead and click on Republican and it should. Oh, really? Oh, I just clicked on it, uh, duh. Yeah. Let's see something. What does this do? Uh. I can describe it while you're. Oh, here it is. Okay, you're right. Duh. See, I'm learning. See, I'm. I'm <laughs> gonna do this too. That's okay. No problem. Three percent support of Black Lives Matter by Republicans, um, at the time of the Charlottesville rally. That's right. Three percent support. Right. Okay. Ahmaud Arbery, Republican support, five percent goes up two percentage points. Breonna Taylor stays at five percent. CDC COVID nineteen data by race. 
One percentage point goes up 6%. George Floyd, uh, 8%. Today, uh, it's at 14. So it, it, it's, has, it steadily climbed from the time of the CDC COVID-19 race data to George Floyd's death to June 9th. I mean, it, it doubled. It more than doubled from the time of the CDC COVID data by race. That's right. Wow. And I mean, I, I, I'm someone who studies public opinion. I do this research for my career. I don't know that I would have been able to tell you two weeks ago what the effect of the protests were going to be, if attitudes were going to change in this country, right. among whom, and certainly by how much. But the research that we're doing is very clear that the effects of the media attention that has been paid to the issues surrounding uh, the police, the killing of George Floyd and the protests. Uh, it's very clear that this has driven up support for the Black Lives Matter movement. And I really think that this is one of the most significant shifts in Americans' racial attitudes in recent memory. Mm. Uh, it remains to be seen what the long-term effect will be, if this will be sustained. But as I was saying, it continues a long-term trend in increasing support, uh, again, among all Americans. And when you see these shifts take hold, not only in among the people who you would expect to see supporters, but among people who you don't necessarily expect to see as being supporters, uh, it really says something about the impact that the organization uh, and that the movement has had. Right. Uh, it's, it's one of the most remarkable things I've seen in all of the years that I've been doing this mm. work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let's look at race. Let's look at white. This is fascinating to me. You're making me a nerd too, man. You're taking me back to the nerd days. Look at this, these numbers. Proud to do it. <laughs> Charlottesville, 50% of whites opposed the Black Lives Matter movement. Only 28% supported it. Right. Ahmaud Arbery, 37% opposed, 33% supported. Breonna Taylor, 37% opposed, goes up one click on the support, 34%. Um, COVID race data, 37% opposed, Black Lives Matter, 34% supported. But then, George Floyd. I mean, it's hard to deny the gruesomeness of that video. Right then, and I want to look at this timeline. So it was 37% opposed Black Lives Matter movement on April 16th, 2020. And that was when the CDC COVID-19 data by race was revealed. And can I just jump in here for a second? Yeah, absolutely. The the shift in attitudes among white Americans started increasing uh, before George Floyd was killed. Mm -hmm. it, and I think it's possible that some of the reporting surrounding the racial inequity in the effects of the coronavirus outbreak may have played a role. So 
Mm -hmm. I think there's a few different things happening here at once. Um, and that's why we flag the CDC report where this government agency made it clear that there were racial inequities in the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. But then to pick up where you left off, the, the video and the news and the reporting around George Floyd and the protest that weekend, that was really the turning point. Yeah, yeah. That's when it flipped completely from 37% opposed in the white community to 37% support Black Lives Matter. Sorry, 45%. Wait a minute. So, oh, yeah. 45% I mean, no, no, I mean, that's current, but I mean, that, that's the June 9th, but I'm, I, oh, yeah. I was just on the first flip yeah. happened at George Floyd's death. That's right. Yeah, that was the first flip from a 37% opposed to literally 37% support, and now it's at 45. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing that is, um, that is most significant uh, in, in all of this, and, and that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Uh, 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 as a matter of fact, because if, if you can't see what happened with George Floyd and have that impact you, I don't know what, you know, you know what else can be done. Um, so, so I'm just curious when you do these this polling, Drew, mm -hmm. and uh, as it says, you know, you got you got six figures of people who were polled in this. So each time the poll happens, do, 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 do you get, do you go back to that same number, 106,000? Or is it some fraction of that? Or I'm trying to get a sense of how broad the, the ask is, if I sure. can. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we speak to a few hundred people every day. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and those people who those are people who have um, who have told us over the past number of years they've uh, they've been on our website and have told us that they would like to take additional surveys with the civics in the future. And then every day we sample a few hundred of them and send them surveys. Uh, and over time, we've built up that hundred thousand right. uh, set of responses. But uh, as you were saying, this is something that you and any one of your listeners are welcome to participate in. And in fact, uh, if you're interested in being a part of this research yourself and taking a new survey every couple weeks, which is usually all it is, uh, you can go over to the website and there is a button at the top that says take surveys. And you can sign up with your email address and participate yourself. Um, and be part of this. Yeah, and you should, people. This is a, a, a good, friendly survey. It's not one of them stalky, stalky ones. So, <laughs> no, uh, we don't we don't send out too much email, and we don't ask you about stuff that's uh, that's boring. Like, what toothpaste do you use? It's it's all right. good stuff. Right, and and for my audience, folks, this kind of stuff you're interested in, I know, because everybody in the audience is is a political. Okay, then, Drew, I, I, are is are is there information? Um, in terms of the latest presidential polling, I know you're not at liberty to share anything, but have, has anything interesting popped up in, in recently that, um, and maybe even in the context of the current Black Lives Matter movement, you think that might be revealing? 
I think there's one really noteworthy trend to talk about on this question, which is uh, President Trump's job approval rating. And this is another question that we have been tracking um, for a long time since he became president. And one of the amazing things about that uh, polling is that you think back to absolutely everything that has happened over the past three plus years, you'd think that maybe his job approval rating would have gone down a little bit, at least in response. Um, and, it, and it really hasn't, it's been very stable. Yeah. Uh, and that is until this May, about a month ago, when we started to notice, Lash, let me go back. It was about March, uh, we started to, uh, observe a very slight erosion in support, um, about a percent consistently from where he had been. And a percent doesn't sound like very much, for, but for something that had been that flat for three years, it's, it's something. Uh, but then about a month ago, when it became clear that, um, that his handling of the coronavirus epidemic was not going well, and then um, accelerated by the uh, by the news of George Floyd and the protests, um, Trump's job approval rating is now down to the lowest point in our tracking that it has been since early in his presidency. And what is driving that decline is um, his loss of support among primarily white independent voters, which is about 25% of the United States and particularly white independent women. Uh, he is now at the lowest point in job approval among white independent women that he has ever been in. And, um, and that is, that's not a small share of the country. That's about 13% of the country. Mm. So there's, there, there's a bunch of different things happening right now um, that are new that have not happened for his entire presidency. Yeah, I'm looking at that number too. So, so just to be specific as folks, I am also learning at this time how to better navigate the, the site. Uh, kind of flat around 54-ish, 53-ish at the most. Then as Drew said in March, uh oh, uh, it, it, it starts to uptick. Uh, then that's around the time of Corona, right? And and that's pick, that's what's really where this change began to happen right around Corona, right, Drew? Yeah, and you're talking about his disapproval, Trump's disapproval rating, right? Dis right, right. The disapproval right. goes up, um, and then so now as of um, June seventh, we're at fifty six, where it had stayed kind of steady at fifty three, fifty four. Um, so that is significant, and Drew is right when it comes to approval rating, and and he he shows you every day when he freaks out. Uh, a percentage point or two is can make a difference uh, and can be a real wake-up call. So that's that, that that is very interesting, and obviously it is because of the corona. Um, I wonder uh, as I'm looking at some of the the dates. So let's see. Oh, here it is. You have George Floyd on here. So let me see something for a minute. Cor corona national emergency, Trump disapproval, March 15, 2020, 54 percent. Uh, let's go here. Uh, the Senate hearing, 54%. Uh, 
and well, it, well, wait a minute. I thought I just saw it. I, maybe I glossed over it. I thought I saw the George Floyd incident on here as well. It's yeah, it's marked there. It, it's uh, it's the last thing we've annotated. Is that the last? Okay, here we go. Uh, George Floyd. That's where it hits the fifty-six percent. If I'm saying this correctly. And so that's, it goes up two more percentage points uh, since Corona. So George Floyd is actually taking it up two more, taking the disapproval up two more percentage points since Corona. Uh, okay, I got it. Not, not a good thing, if you ask me. Well, he knows it's not a good thing either. That's why he's freaking out. He won't say it's not a good thing, but he's literally freaking out, y'all. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, let me add, it's happening. This this increase in, in disapproval is happening in some places that you might be surprised about. Okay. So for example, right in our in our polling through uh through the seventh, as you said, uh the president's job approval rating is underwater. It's net negative in Ohio by six percentage points. He is more uh, unpopular than popular in Iowa, mm. and Trump is uh, even unpopular in Texas right now. Um, his disapproval rating is two points more than his approval rating in Texas. So this is happening in a lot of places in the country. Listen, man, you know what? Uh, he better hope, and he may be working on it, and I don't think he can stop it because we're living again, as I you heard me use term po police demic. But he better pray that another there's not another cop to do to another African American what happened to George Floyd between now and November. You know, uh, because it, it, looking at your numbers, the numbers you all polled, and his own the, the 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 approval, the favorability of Black Lives Matter, and the disapproval of Donald Trump, which are crossing over each other, y'all. Um, that's I don't think anyone that can be sustained. Uh, and he's not even handled either crisis, Corona or the police violence well at all, but freak out and say, let's just open up, let's open up the thing, you know, and we won't even get into, let's not even get into job losses and bankruptcies and unemployment. That's, we, this, we, we haven't even factored that in. Matter of fact, on, on the disapproval, on, the, on, the, um, on Trump's approval, those, and I guess there's really not a specific day marker is there when it comes to jobs and the economy on the job approval poll, is there? That's a tricky one. Um, hard, to, hard to peg it to a certain day because that's been rolling and ongoing. But um, okay, I mean, I would be surprised if that also was not a major contributing factor to... Uh, to people having a, a negative opinion about his handling of the coronavirus epidemic. And, and we've asked about that separately and pretty consistently, uh, a majority of Americans, generally around 54, 55% of Americans say that they are not satisfied with how Trump has responded to the coronavirus outbreak. And right. when we've tracked people's attitudes towards the overall federal government response to the coronavirus outbreak. That has been overwhelmingly negative. Uh, can very consistently, uh, majorities 
say that they are not satisfied with the federal government response. And um, let's see, right now that's at about 60% of Americans not satisfied and over 40% saying that they are not satisfied at all, which is the most extreme option that we give people to, to respond to us. So uh, I think that that very probably plays a large part in these other trends that we've seen. Right. So right track, wrong track, looking at civics, 64% of Americans say the country's on the wrong track. National economy, current condition, uh, 35% of those polled, very bad condition, 30% fairly bad. That's 65% right there. 26% fairly good. Those are certainly um, exclusively uh, Sean Hannity's watchers, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it is It is mostly Republicans who have started saying that, yes. Yeah. Uh, but still, the word fairly is in front of it, y'all. It doesn't say great or good. It says fairly good. <laughs> so even well, if... <laughs> Republicans uh, were, were flying high on the national economy. Uh, oh, three quarters before the coronavirus hit, we're saying that the economy was very good. Right. And that is now 7%. So Whew. that, uh, yeah, that was a big and fast drop, Six even among Republicans. 46% say the national the direction of the national economy is getting worse, according to civics polling. So I, I'm sure this is the same. And just one more I want to take a look at. Family finances. Uh, as of now, well, 53% say it stayed about the same. 25% say it's gotten worse. So that's interesting that you'd have more than 53% say it stayed about the same. Hmm. Yeah, that's but certainly more people saying it's gotten worse. Um, before the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. uh, there were a lot of people who were saying that their financial situation had gotten better over the past year, about 40%. Okay. And that's fallen off. That's fallen off by about half, which speaks to a question that I think may be on voters' minds this fall, which is how are you doing versus four years ago? And uh, people are not, for the most part, saying that they're doing better in terms of their family's financial situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, only 21% say it's gotten better now. 25% say it's gotten worse. Uh, that number also going up uh, uh, since the uh, stock crash. Um, fascinating, fascinating numbers. All right, Drew Linzer is the director at civicswithaq.com. Uh, we appreciate you, Drew. This has been very informative. Thanks for inviting me to come on and, and uh, speaking with me about some of these results. We're gonna keep listening and, and measuring what's happening in the United States and um, see if some of these really important trends continue. Yeah, absolutely. We, we need it. And this won't be the last time we'll talk either. Hopefully. Okay. Terrific. Drew Linzer, folks. Civics with a Q dot com. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. 
Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.